Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's go on a Tuesday morning. Feeling good. Feeling good. On August 9th, 2022. Folks, it is crisp outside right now. That's right, I said it. Better bring your hoodie when you're walking the dog this morning or going out for your morning jog. It is 59 degrees. Let's go. Enjoy it now. Go, and It's going to heat back up. No, whatever. Enjoy. That's fine. Enjoy. We're not going to hit 70 until uh, nine in the, not until this show. We might not hit 70 during this show. So you got some time. You got some time. Get that. Uh, hopefully you've got your, your uh, pumpkin spice latte mix ready to go. Knock off the pumpkin spice. And already. ready to re- grab some, grab a handful of candy corn and you'll be good. You'll be good. Put it in your fanny pack and you are ready to go for a nice falls morning walk. Uh, glad to have you all with us today. We've got a good show for you today. I'm very excited about it. Uh, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, will join us. We have lots to talk about with him at 710. Uh, I hope you talk to him about a proposal from uh, State Senator John McAllister. Yeah, we'll get in, we'll get into that here at the yeah. outset. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. It uh, could have a big impact on some of us. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, 810, we are going to uh, we're going to do a little top 5 Tuesday. It's going to be a Husker football related one. We're I'm I'm uh, feeling the need for some Husker football talk. Top 5 place kickers of all no, time. Top 5, well, it could be uh, but Holders. we're doing t- your uh, punters, and I really want to hear from the listeners on this one more than anything because it's kind of a blocking tight ends. Your top, no, your top five players of uh, your favorite, favorite, okay, top five players. However, you measure that um, during your lifetime, it could be ra- odd, random ones. It could be the ones everybody expects. But I'm just curious who our uh, our listeners are going to come out on this. I, I have a, Alex Henry. I have a prediction. I think I could. I can name. Th- I can guess three that will be up there, and then after that, I had. I just don't know. I don't know. It'll be fascinating. To it's going to be different generationally, though. Too, right. right. You know. But just judging from, and I have a good sense. I think of where the generation of our. We could get a wide, wide range of generations that listen. But I think I know probably where the bread is primarily buttered. So I have a. I have three. I think I can lock in. Uh, for for the for the everyone else, I'm actually more interested in what everyone else does than what I do on this one. I still have to figure out mine uh, all together. Do you have yours down? Yeah, mine's done. I might think about flipping one or two in kind of the order, but super weird, controversial. Didn't really remember the '90s millennial list. I know that's fine. You don't you whatever you were there for, whatever there you were there for. So think about that. Text yours in right now. Your top five all time favorite Husker players during your lifetime, uh, or you're watching or viewing or following. Husker Football Lifetime. We'll do that at 810. Uh, I think we have John Baylor at 835. Uh, working on getting full confirmation Super of that. good to know now we that need we're to into get, the show. We need to get some clearance from the uh, NCAA <laughs> and make sure that we have his... Uh, his scholarship situation all taken care of. Can we get him the, the NIL show. money? Make yeah, sure we got to make sure we got to get that get that all straight. We got a couple hours to see if we can. Oh no, John Baylor to Austin, Texas. John Baylor. Well, if you hear him on Austin, Texas radio this morning, number one, <laughs> why are you even listening to that? And then number two, please let us know because we have not heard about any transfer plans for Radio Morning Show. It's hotter than a sarsaparilla in hey. microwave. <laughs> hey, about those long horns, hey. Oh, it's Kayla Cabby. 
That was pretty good. <laughs> but before you know, we delve into all of those things. Too much pumpkin spice already. The the before we get into all of those, I'm only things, half a liter of Mountain Dew in today. Geez, that is a big that was a big Mountain Dew you brought with you. It makes mine look very small. I'm still recovering from last week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, the uh, easy week is here, and but here's the, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, good news is the right word, but we've got a plethora of things to talk about here <laughs> this morning, right off the bat, Mark Vale, my goodness, it was a busy news day yesterday, starting right off the top, all of the speculation that I did yesterday with Tim Haruza, with guests over the course of the last couple of weeks, uh, exactly what needs to happen, what will happen when it comes to a special session. Good thing we didn't go with my possible poll question. Which was what? Do you think there will be a special session? It would be out of date already because uh, a a letter to the governor indicated that you had 30, 30 senators who would support a special session with the aim not of a full ban on abortion in the state of Nebraska, but instead shrinking the available weeks that one would be legal from 20 what 20 to 12 12 to 12 and that was but they were still with 30 they're still three votes short of having the amount of votes that you would need to eventually pass legislation and yeah 33 to stop a filibuster yeah to stop you would need that yes to stop the filibuster and assuming those 33 would not do that the governor decided um, that it would not be wise at this point to go forward with a special session where you essentially know the outcome before it begins, spend the money, spend the time, all of those sorts of things. So as it stands now, and uh, I don't expect anything would change this, there will not be another reconvening of last year's legislature. Um, and this issue will be taken up in January in some form. What the, the the fact that there had been discussions uh, about this 12 week ban doesn't necessarily mean that's the one that's coming back in January. I think it is going to be a function of what happens in November in terms of what the exact legislation is going to say and what is politically feasible when you're doing the vote counting. And we don't know what that is. Right now, Mark, because we've nope. got so many races in the legislature that are going to be completely defining what the next legislature looks like and what the legislature looks like in terms of its position on this specific issue. And there are there are you know some races, I'm sure, where it probably would be the same either way on on both sides of it. But I think there are a few out there, too, that it's kind of a swing vote when it comes to this issue. And so we put this issue on the table right now. And I, I will say this. This gets to what Tim Hrews and I were talking about yesterday. If, you know, once we knew that Roe was going to be overturned, my assumption was that you were going to have uh, a, a chunk, big chunk of red states that would, uh, if they hadn't already passed one of these trigger bills, which Nebraska did not, that would figure out a way, whether it be through some sort of an initiative, a special session, legislative action, depending on what their calendar would, that would immediately put something on the books. And I would have expected perhaps Kansas would have done something like that. But instead, you had Kansas, Kansans go to the ballot and reject that uh, for the time being by a surprisingly large margin. You have Nebraskans who went from 
thinking, looking like there's going to be a special session right away. They're going to get this done ASAP. There will be a ban in Nebraska to, well, maybe there will be a 12-week ban in Nebraska to, well, we're going to not do anything on this until January. And so perhaps I and others sort of misconstrued the political winds that were out there on this issue. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it was more nuanced than, than I even realized, but nonetheless, that's the position that we're in right now. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. It'll be a, it'll be a big, I mean, don't, don't get things crossed. It will be a big, it'll be the number one issue coming into this next legislative issue, legislative session, I should say. And and the other thing that will come into play are some of the lawsuits that are being played out now on some of these states that have total bans or have changed their bans as well. We'll see where the uh, federal courts come down on some of this after the, basically the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Which I suppose is a bit of an advantage to waiting a little bit to see how things play out, although there would be others who would say, look, you've got to do it as soon as possible to stop you need to stop these ASAP because something is that is morally wrong is being done and you can't delay doing that. So, but they don't, um, they just don't have the numbers to get it done. No, so no, you, uh, you don't right now. So now, you know. now it's going to, as you mentioned, now it's going to have to be a, dis, a decision at the ballot box. Yeah. And boy, in all of these, in all of these, uh, races, Mark in legislative races, when you're going to start to have within the districts around the state, whether there are debates or interviews or discussions, that is going to float right up to the top on, it probably already has, but it is really now going to be the focus of a lot of these races for legislative seats in the state of Nebraska. Well, now that uh, there there won't be a session, why it, it is an election issue confirmed so yes. there you go what what would be interesting to me and i i confess i haven't gone through and done this is take a look at all of the the legislative races that are being contested this november that will change uh, either you know an incumbent versus a challenger or a vacated seat and see how many of them are would actually be swing votes on this issue meaning meaning the outcome on the, the outcome on the likely uh, on the senator having a, a position would flip based, based upon who wins the race. I'm sure there are some where it would be basically the same either way. How many of them are actually swing elections on this issue, That's, which would be an interesting analysis. So I'll that, call Tim Hurz and have him do that for me. Yep. He would be good at it. He would be, he would be very good at it. He would yep. be better at it than, than I would. Um, I've been in just thinking through Lincoln. I can think of, I think a couple of them where that would be the case. Um, all right, uh, so we got that. Lincoln City Council okays a contract that will make Lincoln police officers the highest paid police force in the state. Yes, that happened. Unanimously supported a three-year contract. Going to cost the city $3.2 million this year and $5 million the second year of the biennial budget and all the way across the board on this city council, all the way across the board on a left-leaning city council, let's be honest, you had votes yes for this on funding the police, to be honest. I mean, literally funding the police. Hmm. Fascinating. Fascinating. It's a competitive world out there, and I think the realities of... uh Police departments uh, getting uh, pay increases in other departments, such as Omaha, 
uh, finally, uh, the realization that if you're going to have a force, you got to pay them. Beginning August 18, starting pay for officers up 8%, sergeants 10%. So if you're wondering what that is, starting pay goes from 28.55 an hour to 30.83, sergeants from 37.06 an hour to 40.77. Um, so if you're an officer, you're looking at 64 to 90,000 bucks, sergeants from 84 to 107,000 bucks. Uh, on that, and then next year there will be uh, increases in addition to that as well. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Not that you need my uh, approval or thought. I'm glad to see this. I am well, very I th- glad to see this. I think what you what you also saw when the state stepped up and increased the corrections uh, salaries, they got like 600 applications, I believe it was, and and hired over something like 200 people uh, with uh, an increased salary. So it, it is a money issue for people working in law enforcement and corrections. Yes. So, you know, you had a pretty serious uh, positive outcome with the, the state corrections. Um, so it's yeah. salaries make a difference. And we, yeah. when we want, when, and, and they're not the only thing. And I know like the, the, I was reading the Journal Star article about this, and the Watchdogs of Lincoln came out against this, which they're now normally very conservative on thing, and and here they are on the don't fund the police thing. But nonetheless, it's just so odd. But nonetheless, there's there's more to it than this. But obviously, we all know this: salaries matter in recruitment, and we want. I want. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I want a robust, not scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, a police force here in Lincoln who is doing what they want to be doing and they want to be here. And there's more that'll go into that. I think there's probably more to go into that with the department. This is a major first step, though, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I'm 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 excited that that I'm excited for the police officers that I know. I'm excited that we have the city council so widely behind this. I think you've got a big chunk of the of the community even across political lines that think this is a good idea i mean look enough of the the defund the police thing was a non-starter okay it's not a non-starter it's, here it, yeah, yeah it's a non-starter it's a non-starter political talking point for the right. most point it's a it was a listen i was a dumb it was a dumb thing to adopt politically um i think and this just shows the reality of that um with with this vote so that was uh i thought good news um let's see what else was there anything else that i wanted to get to as well mark do you have anything else well the fbi you know? raided uh, mar-a-lago last night oh, yeah we'll get into that into the uh in and, the sound uh, off and senator john mccallister yes sorry that was the other one yes. um yeah he had some social media posts he is proposing that all men in nebraska be required to have vasectomies now this is firmly tongue planted in cheek here. This is one of these deals where, well, if we're going to do this, we better do this type thing. Um, speaking to uh, the the government, what he he would describe as the government's regulation of women's bodies, and saying, okay, well, we better equal with it and have the government regulate men's bodies. Although, although isn't that the opposite? Or <laughs> I'm trying to figure out <laughs> exactly if that. Uh, I mean, I. I understand how those things work, but we'll, we'll, never mind. I'm not going to go any further than that. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further than that. 
So. I, there, there, there was some report that uh, he was might have suggested that they be performed with a chainsaw, but Jesus, goodness sakes, goodness sake. Well, I mean, uh, here's here's all I'm saying. If the law was to to if the law was to basically give a procedure to women that made them unable to have babies, then this would be the equivalent response to that, right? So right. it feels like, I mean, I get the larger point, I guess, but I'm not sure if that's the equivalent policy it, issue. I'm not. It, it's not necessarily the the one to one something done to your body or not done to your body. It's more the having the decision no, on your own it. body. I get it, but I mean, I mean, let's be honest. The the equivalent policy would be something more like. Uh, Geez, I better be careful. Here. I know what you're going to say. I think we're all knowing <laughs> what you're you? going to say. Do you? Do you? That uh, okay? Yeah. Yeah. That the, you. Those... And if you don't text us, and we're not going to tell you anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, there's all right. there's a picture at uh, the Channel Eight uh, website that shows him holding a coffee cup. So uh, that's kind of the mantra of it. So it's got a word I don't want to say on it. Yeah. Okay. So, but go, go Whew, take, we go got. We got a lot today. My goodness, we're on so. day two of the final uh, week of fall camp here on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, and uh, media got, deals getting closer to being done. Do we want to? Uh, and we we've got a bit of an announcement that we've been sitting on for a long time. I <laughs> I think we're gonna do it later in the show today. But I'm doing some last minute discussions here. Morning drive. Maybe, maybe, maybe eight ten. Maybe morning drive. Yeah, maybe morning drive. If Baylor doesn't come in, if Baylor doesn't come in, we'll blow it out. We will blow it out. All right, maybe, that's what we got. Maybe we'll burn it down. Uh, be thinking about your top five. Uh, well, it would be a hot topic, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, this is a big announcement. It's a good one. It's not, nobody's quitting or anything. It's nothing like that. It's. It's about something good coming up. All right, 626. Take a break. By the way, you know that in America, they call them elevators. Yeah. And in England, they call them lifts. Yeah. I guess people are raised differently. 626 KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, 
We made a decision on Request Line Friday for this week. I want to tell you about it right now. And I, I hope this does not drive away listenership. <laughs> I don't think it will. I think, it, I think it'll draw it in. It, I, I'm just curious what happens to all of our minds. It's sort of a uh, an, an experiment, a, 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 a cognitive sort of uh, mind experiment. But we are asking you this week to send us those songs that become the worst earworms for you. An earworm is fine if you don't know. As one of you ever get a song in your head and you cannot stop singing it in your head and it just keeps going throughout the day and you get to the point sometimes where you're listening to other things to try and get that one song out of your head. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. That's what this is. And so whatever that is for you, we're going to play. And then I want to see how we all come out after multiple hours of that on friday and what's the one that stuck <laughs> after is it just the last one is it uh is it one that stuck out during this now i've got a i am keeping close tabs on my mind this week because i'm trying to figure out what it is for me exactly because i already know what mine is i don't i don't know that i necessarily have one that always comes back i probably do but i it's sort of subconscious but it's like right now i can't stop thinking of that Olivia Newton, John, John Travolta song that they played right. at at uh, six thirty on Fox, and is actually going to play again here during this news this uh, sound off segment. Here's the way I'm interpreting this theme: the most annoying song that would just never go away. Like it would when when it was big, yeah. That song would if it would play once, had an, then it was just that's all yeah, my head heard. Yeah, yeah, maybe, that, and it doesn't have to be a song that's. Annoying to no, no, you, no. it just perhaps gets annoying because you can't can't escape it. Can't escape your focus, your mind's focus mm-hmm. on the whole thing. So that's what we're going to do on Friday. So just giving you a heads up. I uh, I know people ask, so you can go to uh, kln dot com slash request line Friday if you want to request it there, or you can just text them in now. Uh, and I'll be curious to see what some of the early ones that we get in on this hour. Okay, we got to talk about Mar-a-Lago, Caleb. Yep. We got to talk about Mar-a-Lago. You know, the, politics completely aside, 100% completely aside. I wouldn't I'd I'd like to uh look like a nice place. Looks pretty I'd nice, take, yeah. I'd like to take a little trip down there in about uh January or February this year, get put up in one of the guest cabins. <laughs> <laughs> Lounge by one of the pools. I assume there are multiple pools there. Uh, shuffle you think they have shuffleboard? They probably have shuffleboard, I would think. Florida isn't that like I'd required so. by code? I'd hope they'd have some shuffleboard and pickleball, some, some shuffleboard, that kind of thing. I don't know. Just all seeing all the overhead shots of it the last twelve <laughs> hours really made me consider it for a vacation destination. But in all seriousness, yes, there was a uh, surprise FBI raid there last night at what is the now that he is no longer the president. That is the uh, home and sort of business center, one of the business centers, I guess, should be said, for uh, President Trump. What in the heck were they looking for? Well, let's find out some more from Mike Emanuel. Sources familiar tell Fox News this FBI raid of former President Trump's Palm Beach home is related to the taking of potential classified information from the White House upon leaving office January 20th of last year. The National Archives says there were 15 boxes that contained what it believed to be presidential records, noting they must be preserved. A source familiar tells Fox FBI agents went to Mar-a-Lago looking in every single office 
in the president's safe and grab documents in boxes without reviewing them there on property. Fox has learned former President Trump was actually at Trump Tower in New York City when he learned the raid was taking place in Florida. All right. Uh, so, and Trump was one of the people who kind of broke the. I mean, there was a local report that really broke the whole thing. It wasn't from a national reporter. It was a local uh, tweet that went out that broke this whole thing. But not long after that, Trump put out a uh, a statement mm. on it. Um and talked and confirmed that it happened, confirmed that they had gotten into um, a, a safe, um, and he called it a, a partisan uh, attack. We're going to get to more of his response on this whole thing. So, okay, before we get to the, obviously, the political fallout from this, here are the interesting, I think, like real-world legal questions, okay? Number one, what's in what's in these documents that they believe to be there which i I, they're probably there frankly uh if they got this search warrant they're probably there but what is in them why did he have them okay and the crux of the matter is for better or for worse i mean the crime in this case is not necessarily even that you know that they, the the con, what the content of them is but just the idea that he had them intentionally mm-hmm. that's it i mean that's that's presidential records act so that's what it is i'm going to guess in the affidavit they the authorities the federal authorities alleged to the judge that they believed that these documents were there and are were they there with intent that they would have been in violation of a federal law of that law and thus justifying probable probable cause thus justifying the judge to sign this warrant that's the legal that's the legal question in in some ways if you want a, a comparison it's not perfect apples to apples but one of the big reasons people were fired up about hillary's emails mm-hmm. were because that they were classified information that were shared on a private email account that was not done according to the standard procedure with that. Now, she ended up getting, getting basically not being prosecuted for that because the thought, again, for better or worse, was that the, the, the intent wasn't there. Right. Okay? So the intent factor of getting these documents from... The White uh, the White House to Mar-a-Lago is going to be one that would come up if this were actually litigated. But what had to happen for the FBI to do this is they had to go through and present an affidavit to a federal judge. Mm-hmm. And probably it was the most carefully crafted affidavit that uh, they had ever written, given the gravity of what this would be. That would show probable cause for a crime to have been committed. Now, how did they know this was there? Who knows? Who knows? If you want me to wildly speculate, they got a source inside there that knows where stuff is. There's a, to me, the the fact that they knew what they were getting into, they've got someone inside there that is feeding them info. So, because everything is left versus right. Yeah. We can get into that part of it, too, but well, I'm just well, trying to give I, you sort I, of... I, I'm, I'm only bringing this up because it did not take long to get a text in on the Rick Stein recognition talking text line. Yes. 
Hillary's emails. Right, which is what I, which is what I just exactly said. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, in in some ways, this is like the physical, mm-hmm. the physical version of that dispute. And again, for the, what ended up happening with that one is uh, is uh, that the DOJ didn't prosecute. They said she could have been negligent or reckless, but her mishandling was not intentional on those. Mm-hmm. Um. Can you can you transport documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago recklessly or negligently? Sure, I get, but not intentionally. Sure, right, this pile of stuff goes home. Mm-hmm. This pile of stuff stays here. Whatever, just get it done. I'm getting out of here. Let the movers deal with yeah, this. Anyone who's ever moved, right? <laughs> so I, I'm, I mean, I'm not ruling that out that it, that the ruling could be something like that, um, but. But politically, the fallout from this will be, because if if that's what it is, but they are somewhat, let's use the word, if they are not particularly sexy mm-hmm. in terms of what kind of documents they are, the political fallout from this is going to be much more beneficial to Trump than it would be were it something else. That's obvious. In yeah. fact, it might might boost him looking as a bit of a... A martyr in this thing, even though, even though, I mean, it is a it is a violation uh, if he did it intentionally, if he knew what was happening and he did it intentionally. And why did he do it? And then here's the other question that I had. The first thing I asked when I saw that this was happening, if 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 there was something in these documents, you know, why do you want them if it was intentional? Why do you want them at your home? Okay, is it to shield it from other people? Is is that why? Or is there just because it's something you want as a memento? Sort of, you want to go back and look over? Is that what it is? But if there's something particularly damning in them for one reason or another, and you're willing to, you know, you're willing to walk, cross that line of criminal activity, why are you not destroying them? That's the question that I've got. Mm-hmm. Why are you keeping them all and not somehow destroying all of those things? Which I admit would be wildly illegal, but to have them all laying around there mm-hmm. if there's some kind of damning information in them. So I'm just exploring. There are there are scenarios here, guys, that go all the way from uh, that go all the way from. They were they were there, but but they weren't. It wasn't intentional. There's not much in there. It's going to be a political win for Trump all the way to. Oh gosh, this is going to be a really bad deal if uh, if the FBI gets access to those. And I don't say I don't claim to know the answer on which one that it is. But DOJ, let's be honest, DOJ can't ignore it if you've got classified documents that are sitting at. The president's house instead of where they're supposed to be by the law. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If that, if they believe that to be the case, I don't want for any party of, I, I don't, I want that law to be followed. That law is there for a reason. Now, what the severity, what the significance of it is, could be a lot of different scenarios here. But getting them out, who knows who's running around in that place, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, so there's that.
Uh, all right, let's get some of the reaction. Now the fun part, right? Yay. Now the fun part, the reaction from everyone. Let's find out a little bit more about that. Former President Trump is railing against yesterday's unannounced FBI raid on his Mar-a-Lago home, calling out what he believes to be a partisan plot to prevent a 2024 White House run. Trump releasing this statement saying, quote, it is prosecutorial misconduct and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, especially based on recent polls. I spoke to sources who say the FBI raid of the former president's Palm Beach home is related to potential mishandling of classified documents when he left office in January of 2021. The National Archives retrieved 15 boxes from Mar-a-Lago earlier this year that contained what it believed to be presidential records as officials are demanding they must be properly preserved. So there were some already that had been taken, but there were more? What's the full story with that? Why didn't they get them all? What was the pro- was the first? They were given up voluntarily per request and not the rest of them? There's a lot of unanswered questions. By the way, that legi- part of it. legitimate question. How many raids are announced? Oh, it, yeah, that would not typically be. A, no, that would, would not be announced. Well, that, that, if you've got a, I mean, if you went and got a warrant. Yeah, he, right, was, to, he was upset at the to, unannounced raid yeah. as opposed to the. Well, yes, if you're if. If there is evidence, I mean, generally speaking in law enforcement, if there is evidence that you are worried is not going to be preserved, mm-hmm. you do everything that you can as law enforcement to make right. sure that you can preserve it. One bad choice in that would be to let the person that you believe is harboring said evidence know that you're on the way to come get it. I mean, that's not... <sighs> Uh, but once you throw politics into everything, changes. And uh, the Speaker of the House, he is doubling down on the rhetoric right now. To varying degrees, we're talking about sentiments of disgust and outrage that frankly seem to be, well, more or less fitting the bill for most Republicans. <clears throat> this is from Kevin McCarthy. He says, Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. I've seen enough. The Department of Justice has reached an intolerable state of weaponized politicization. Republicans take back the House. We will conduct immediate oversight of this department, follow the facts, and leave no stone unturned. McCarthy tweeted 10 hours ago, in addition to that statement that he just said, yes, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. Yeah, I... uh But here's the question to me. If something improper was done here by the Department of Justice, or mm-hmm. and I assume something like this probably had to go all the way up to the Attorney General, probably given the gravity of it. Mm-hmm. The first step in that is not waiting until next January and having a... a, a you know, an investigation legislatively. Right. It's appeal the dang thing. Get it. I mean, if there was something improperly done in okaying the warrant or there was something flawed in the affidavit mm-hmm. get, get lawyer up right lawyer up and 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 I, I haven't that's not been the discussion though so far so we'll see if that happens along with this whole thing uh and what trump put out a video too now i guess oh really yeah uh let's see if i can uh let's see here if we can if i can actually find it and and play it for you here. Um, uh, okay, here, Fox News. Let's see if, if Fox News has a, a version of it. Let's see if I can. Oh, it's the a, campaign yeah, style Yeah, it's ad. a campaign style ad, evidently. And I'm going to see if I can just play the audio for you guys here. 
Are you pulling it up too? Um, Out of this World Series, stream alien abduction. Okay. <laughs> We're getting some ads first. Hold on. Oh, okay. Oh, that that show looks good though. Doesn't it? Yeah, alien abduction. The Fox Files. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, here I got it now. I okay. Think. Hold on. Uh, I got unmuted. I'm sorry, guys. Work with me here. We here. are a nation that is begging. Okay, yours is way too quiet. So I'm going to play it off of mine. All right, go ahead. Sorry, they're showing oil rigs here at the beginning while they do this. And it says, a nation in decline. Yeah, it does look like a campaign ad. All right. Is it going to start over there? Oh, they got a long black space. Black screen. Okay. Now we got, like, uh, CIA agents with sunglasses on that they're showing, walking around. Looking. So- there we go. It's we raining. a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years. Where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year. In more than five decades. Ooh. Hear that thunder? We're a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history. And we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. There's some oil pumps. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan. Leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, they have this and eighty-five ready? billion dollars worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. Okay. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like Okay, I thought before, this had to do with uh, the economy has been I th- collapsing. I thought this uh, I, I didn't know it was just a speech. Yeah. Uh, all right, I thought this was uh but he posted it after the after the after raid. The raid. Yeah. Did, so they had this saved up. Mm-hmm. They had this saved up. All right, so there you go. That's all angles, I think, isn't it? A fair all angles look at what all this means without the hysteria. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what those uh, eventually it's going to take a while till all that's right. unsealed what the affidavit said and I mean, but eventually it's an open court, it's everything to have everything they found. They outline everything they found, which normally happens, but not very soon. All right, I guess we didn't get to anything else, but this is quite the story. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. 6.56, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 
Yeah. All right, 709. Having a good Tuesday morning. Whew, a lot of a lot of responses coming in from the uh, people on the text line that last segment. So uh, one of the, let's see, James said uh, that videos played at the CPAC rally in Texas. So apparently Fox is reporting that uh, this was posted. Um, I, I guess it didn't say for the first time, but the, it, they made it sound like that it was posted for the first time after the Mar-a-Lago raid. So I appreciate to his truth social. Maybe he hadn't posted it there. They hadn't but, posted it public, but that was yeah. something that had been playing. But th- it got. It, I mean, it, the 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 lamestream media made it sound like this was just came out. <laughs> I thought it was some kind of a response to what happened. So right because that's the way it was. I mean, including by Fox, uh, that's kind of the way that it was portrayed. But anyway. Uh, so we got that. I uh, was hoping to get Joe Jordan on this morning. I uh, have a little trouble getting a hold of him, uh, but would love to talk with him about the announcement yesterday from Governor Pete Ricketts that there will not be a special session, which has been speculated about for weeks, months after the ruling came down. Supreme Court in the uh, the federal Supreme Court made the decision to reverse Roe versus Wade and. It was something I, I mean, I, if you had asked me in, uh, what, May, June, whenever, when, I can't remember the date that the the opinion ever came out, but I th- would have been certain that they would have been, um, that they would have got a special session going just because they were close on that trigger bill and there were a couple of votes that they might have gotten where you had senators who weren't there mm-hmm. or able to vote that day like they were they were close on that and i also thought there was the potential that votes there were some of the votes that might be different if it were an actual in the moment bill rather than a trigger bill and meaning triggered by the decision of the supreme court and so my assumption from the beginning, and, and listen, I don't have a big whiteboard in my basement where I'm tracking where the state senators are or are not on this issue. And so I, I'm not claiming to be an expert vote counter, but that was kind of my assumption about this whole thing. And we've went from that to and, and, and that my assumption would have been at that time that this would have been a special session dealing with a bill that would have been some sort of probably similar to what the the trigger bill would have been which was um a, a ban on all abortions probably with some debate going on about exceptions the exceptions that have been talked about obviously all over the country right now and what they should be and they look a little bit different in all of the different states but we've went from that assumption by me and maybe some of you to the point where there is going to be no special session and the attempt for a special session was about a bill that was more permissive than the trigger bill would have been most specifically in that it would still allow abortions up to 12 weeks. It would essentially close off the window from 12 weeks to 20 weeks, 20 weeks being the current law here at this point. The governor put out a statement and he said it is deeply saddening that only 30 Nebraska state senators are willing to come back to Lincoln this fall in order to protect innocent life. Proposal to change the state law prohibits abortion starting at 20 weeks, reduce that at 12 weeks is a measured, reasonable step to protect more preborn babies in our state. And so the governor went on to say that, but uh, he that basically that basically ended the chance of a special session coming this year. And so this will be taken up in some form in January, and we'll see what that looks like. What is the bill? Is it still the 12 week bill? 
Does the uh, does whatever change that happens in the legislative body dictate that it is going to be a different bill than would have come up in the special session? Did those that uh, that oppose a ban on abortion make a mistake in this in this instance by not saying, "Okay, this is a compromise we can agree on with this"? That's an interesting question to me on this whole thing. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is joining us right now. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing this morning? Good, Jack. How are you? Good. Um, uh, just. I, I was just talking about how I don't I don't know where you are. I'm sure we we went over this a couple of months ago and said, do we think there there's going to be a special session? We probably talked about it every week since then. Um, my assumption is there would be. My assumption was that the bill would be similar to the trigger bill that had been not quite gotten enough votes. Would be a total fan of a portion, and we've gone from that assumption by me, incorrect one, albeit to no special session, even on a bill that would be something that would be much less, and I lost Joe there for the minute, <laughs> much less restrictive than uh, than the previous one. And my question for Joe, were he there to answer it, um, would have been, did uh, my, my question for Joe, and I think we have him back now, my, and my question for Joe is, ha- have things changed, or did we just misread misread sort of where everyone was as a whole on this thing. A week ago, I was asked that same the question by, is there going to be a special session? And my view then was every day that went by indicated there wasn't going to be one. And I'm not saying I have to pat myself on the back and I was right. I just think if you look at the way things were going, time was, you know, time is running out. We're now in the, if, let's say the governor had called a special session. It, it takes several days to get those things up and running. It probably would have been September, which would have been just basically, well, two months before the election and three months to get the uh, lawmakers back in January. Mm-hmm. In terms of the question of uh, should those who are who favor uh, the opportunity for people to have an abortion, the pro-choice side, uh, that maybe they should have, you know, had the specials. Yeah. Let, let us find out. Well, my only my only point there is that that if, if the pro-life people had, had gone to a special session and won it, I'm not sure come January they wouldn't have gone for further restrictions yeah. uh, if, 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 if they were to win a couple of key legislative seats. And that's really what this is going to come down to, whether it's now or four months from now, there's going to be a fight in, in the legislature over the issue of abortion and how how far the restrictions can go. And I'm I'm not sure four months is going to make a big difference in terms of the fight that's going to be coming because it's coming. Yeah, I I, I mean I think you're right, but boy, I just I wonder if you could have gone into that special session and said, look, we are willing to have discussions and comp- we are willing to show that we are willing to have some level of compromise on this we stand against a complete ban but we'll be willing to discuss this but this goes with some understanding that this is our uh, this is what we're doing on this for the time and i know that isn't binding and i know as you said they could bring it up in january but i mean it seems to me like if you offered that if you offered that deal to those who are in opposition to this back in may i i would think they would have taken it and and now they're 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 not going. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they wouldn't have taken it in May. Um, Joe, my question for you though is, how how wide does the pendulum swing in terms of what the November elections could could do in terms of the makeup of the legislature on this issue? And not, you probably haven't done this, and I certainly haven't done it. Where I've gone through 
each district by district that has someone up and whether or not that's a swing vote on this. But how far how far do you think this could go either way, depending on what happens in November? I think November is pretty, pretty darn important on this on this specific issue and 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 certainly some others that will come up. But on the abortion issue alone, I know that there's there's one district uh, in, in southwest Omaha, the Millard area. Uh, Senator Kathleen Kyle appointed by the governor. Uh, it, it appears she'll be running against a uh, man by the name of Tim Royers. He's a uh, school, uh, Millard School District teacher uh, and appears to have uh, support. They both have to get those signatures uh, into the election commissioner's office to get on the ballot. I don't anticipate either candidate's going to have an issue with that. And I think my I'm pretty sure in the end, uh, there's a good chance abortion will be the key issue in that legislative race. Yeah. It's, it's, if, you, if you think about the, the makeup of the area, it's, it's suburban Omaha for the most part, uh, some of it's city of Omaha, then a little bit of suburban Omaha. Uh, it, it targets those women that we always hear about that are, that are Republican, but, 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 but pro-choice. And it's the, I think it's a clear, a clear race. Where, where abortion will be, uh, always hard to say it's going to be the topic, but, but, you know, I don't think the economy is going to be a topic in a legislative race in terms of, you know, inflation and those kinds of issues, because mm-hmm. we all know there's really no control, but the legislature has control over the abortion issue in the state, and there's no doubt in my mind that that's going to be one of the races that uh, could go depending on which way it goes, will make a difference in January on whether or not the legislature has enough votes to further restrict abortions in Nebraska. I would go further than what you're saying. I think any race where you've got candidates who are on different sides of this issue in some fashion, that'll be the, you know, to the extent there are debates, media discussions, campaign-style ads and stuff like that, that'll be the focus. I mean, that will right. be that'll be the big it, issue. It, it, the reason I point to that race is, uh, although Kathleen Kauf is technically the incumbent, in some respects it's an open seat mm. because she's only been, she'll have only been there you know a few months. Yeah, uh, the, the voters don't really they've never voted for her before yep. uh, for that position. So in terms of two candidates going to the voters for the first time and making their case, uh, that to me is is a clear cut race where that's going to be the issue. Um. Let me ask you this: When, when uh, the last week, the uh, state of Kansas and the results from the, uh, the the ballot initiative that was out there related to abortion raised a lot of eyebrows. I think surprised a lot of people in how it came out. How much do you think you can or can't extrapolate something like that to Nebraska uh, voters, and how something like that might fare in the state of Nebraska? I've asked myself that question more than once over the past several days. And I, and the, and the truth is, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know because uh, there's always other dynamics, uh, outside of a, uh, that that you might not state to state. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I, I would hesitate to say, Oh, because Kansas did it. Nebraska is going to do it. I can't go anywhere near that statement. Uh, I there's always there's dynamics that we don't know about uh, the, the the financial side, how much money was spent on either side of that issue, which I presume was significant on both. Yeah. But I don't I don't have those facts. But I, again, uh, it's it's always hard to say uh, that this you know because Kansas is a red state, Nebraska is a red state. Here's how it's going to go in Nebraska. Um, I think there's other I presume that there's other differences that, that played a part. 
that would that would not not necessarily or overwhelmingly come into play in Nebraska if that were the same question in the state. That would that would be an interesting question. Then we would know. You know, I mean, the governor for years has talked about Nebraska being a pro-life state. Well, and, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm not sure I know the answer to that. But despite Nebraska being a pro-life state, he couldn't come up with the 33 votes he needed to uh, stop the you know, expected filibuster. So uh, I don't know. It's always hard for me to look at something. I mean, the ACLU has a poll out. They've had a poll out for quite some time, which the governor has refuted, which basically says, that uh, Nebraska is a pro-choice state, like 55-45. Hmm. Um, but it, you know, the, the, obviously the governor says, well, the ACLU is slanted towards the towards the left. Of course, they're going to say that. Um, they stand by the poll. Uh, so, you know, without the voters going to the polls themselves and making that decision, I think it's hard to say where Nebraska exactly is on that spectrum. Then let me ask you this. is there is Do you think there's a possibility that somehow – you get at least the opportunity for Nebraska voters to vote on this directly. Do you think they'll be, you know, with what, whether it's in the interim between now and the next session or pursuant to something that happens in the next session with so much of that ends up in the voter initiative category? Is there any reason to believe that this won't be the same way one way or the other at some point during the next months, maybe years? Uh, well, if there were an initiative, it probably wouldn't. Get to the. It's certainly not going to happen, you know, this year. Right, too late now. You're you're into 2024 before you can get a statewide initiative on the ballot, and between now and then, you know, uh, heaven knows what changes could occur nationwide, you know, in the state. Yeah. Uh, and and how it would affect. So, so that yeah. looking looking two years down the road on that is it's a tough. pretty pretty tough leap to make. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. All right. Well. <laughs> Boy, it is. It, it's going to be. And then all of this is happening, Joe. And I like don't. I, I just while you were talking there, I was thinking, oh yeah, started talking about election. I was like, yeah, we got to we got to actually have a gubernatorial race in November, right at the ballot. We got a house race, a couple of house races that are going to be pretty interesting ones. And and, uh, there's, and, and there's no doubt, in, in particular in the house race in in, in Omaha. Uh, it's already now considered by um, uh, the Cook Report just last week. They came out, and now it's now declared a toss-up between uh, uh, State Senator Vargas and Congressman Bacon. Wow. Uh, and and, and they're, they're reporting, and actually a report that I did over a month ago, uh, I was noting that I thought that abortion was probably going to be one of the two key issues in the race, the other being the economy. And I and I and the Cook report came back and basically said that it's a toss up and they're putting a lot of that reasoning on the on the abortion issue uh, in the second congressional district. So uh, we are going to hear something about abortion with the voters between now and November for certain in this district and probably uh, I would think the governor's race and most likely the um, yeah. uh, first district race as well. So it's, it's the issue That's is going to be point. loud and clear. It's a good point. And with as close as that House battle is going to be, if that looks like something the Democrats can make a damage, they'll start focusing on that district very quickly, uh, I would think. And it'll be one that'll get into the national spotlight. Hey, Joe, great to talk to you as always. We'll do it again uh, soon. Have a good rest of your week. All right. Thanks, Jack. You take care. There you go. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. All right, 725. We will take a break. It's Alan K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily 
at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, 740, and uh, welcome back to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Got Top 5 Tuesday coming up. We are going to be talking about, to get us kind of uh, continue to get us in the mood for Husker football, your five favorite Huskers of all time during your lifetime. I want to see how much variety there is in this. I've almost got mine done. We got a few of them texted in, but I really want to hear from all of you and see if there's unique ones, if there's a lot of consensus on this. I realize it would be kind of generationally dependent, but we'd love for you to text those in and we'll see how those all come out. Coming up at about 8.10, scheduled to have John Baylor join us as well, but right now it is time to count them down. So we get started with... Number five. Lincoln City Council on a vote seven to nothing, unanimous, approved the new contract uh, that'll make the Lincoln Police Department officers the highest paid law enforcement in the state. The three year contract negotiated by the Lincoln Police Union and a city team that included staff from the Lincoln Lancaster County Human Resources Department, Lincoln Police, and the city attorney's office. Chief uh, U- Teresa Ewan said the new contract an important step for the department and it's a matter of competition in part. Investments uh, in safety, pay, and benefits represent about a $3.2 million increase in the first year of the mayor's budget and nearly $5 million in the second year. And, yeah, they're, 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 at every level, they will be um, getting raises or, or a higher salary for uh, new people who are coming in, depending on the level that they are in. And I'd say, by all means, let's make Lincoln, let's make Lincoln, Nebraska the place with the, the highest-paid police force. It'll be Without a doubt, yeah. I I don't I, I I don't think this is the only thing that matters in employment. But whether you're talking about police or corrections officers or teachers or or anyone doing jobs where it can be hard to recruit people for a variety of reasons, one of the first things you should be looking at you should be looking at a wide variety of things. One of the first things you should be looking about to uh, at to improve the situation is paying them more. I mean, it's. I don't think it's really rocket science. I think that, uh, and and to have the entire city council um, vote yes on this, and and a city council that I think I think it's fair to say is probably left of left of center largely on this, and to say hey, we're uh, we we think we should fund the police to the tune of doing it more than uh, you know making it so we're the the best in the the state at least in funding police in terms of salary i think it's a uh, I, I think it's really notable and i think it's a good thing and i think there aren't too many people there's probably some people on the fringes probably uh, probably honestly both fringes there's the the hard defund the police people on on the left who don't like this and then there are the hard, very hard you know fiscal you know, fiscal responsibility people. Maybe that hard isn't the right word for that, but people who are not going to like the fiscal responsibility. But if you can do it, 
this makes all the sense in the world. I, I, I hope you can do it for other professions as well, where we are needed for our society to function in the way that we want it to. We need people in these jobs. And it doesn't mean it's the only thing. It doesn't mean it's the only way you make these jobs more appealing and more successful. But it's a pretty big step in the whole thing. Let's be honest. This doesn't mean you stop making sure that there's a good culture around the police department that, you know, any other concerns are addressed. They should be. That should still be an issue. But this is a big, big first step, I think. And so I'm glad to see it. It worked. I, I think market had some success with corrections too. Yeah, in the, the state, the incentives that the state put in for corrections employees—they weren't getting many applications. Duh. They they got a lot. Now, yeah. I wonder if this will put any uh, pressure on uh, Lancaster County Sheriff's uh, Department. Uh, possible transfers, you know, for more money could or be. something like that. So, you know, this could uh, also mean that uh, eventually uh, Lancaster County Sheriff's deputies and uh, command structure uh, get some adjustments at some point. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's about salaries on these things. On these things, teachers ought to be being paid more too, right? Again, the jobs, it's supply, demand, need all should factor into these things. These things that 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 you need, and uh, and when we have shortages, when we have concerns about enough people being willing to do these jobs, that is the most obvious first place to start. And I'm glad that they did it. I'm glad the city council did it. And frankly, I'm glad for uh, the people on LPD that I know. Okay. Yep. No, absolutely. Because my my uh, all two summers ago, when all this stuff was happening with police, I continued, uh, uh, and I'll say this again, that. I don't believe everyone in every p- profession is ultimately perfect or ultimately just a bad person. It's like any profession, right? There are people who are who are have flaws, who have mistakes, who are just bad at the job, bad pe- whatever it is. That's all of it. But by and large, my experience in in Lincoln and mine's not everyone's experience. I get that, but is that you've got some real quality people. Who are on that force and and people that I've gotten to know and I've gotten to like because of my job and so I'm glad to see this for them I know we have a lot of them who are listening right now and who listen to us regularly and yeah and and by the way it does just it does just go to show how what a political non-starter thing the whole defund the police thing was yeah it really does it was i mean and, and it was what? All, i mean and it was also and i'm glad that and frankly i'm glad our leaders aren't buying into that because i'm sure they got voices on the left who are saying that to them right now and and it was good you know there wasn't a, a, a public um mix up if you will or whatever you want to call it during these negotiations it was evidently done professionally quietly and and uh, they came to an agreement good Kudos to LPD. Kudos to the um, city council. If there are other issues, let's tackle those too. Okay, in, in terms of in terms of morale, in terms of what's going on, in terms of getting people to be there and do the the work that is very largely, very largely, very good, and very important work uh, that LPD do, has, does here in Lincoln. Number four. Governor Pete Ricketts announced yesterday there will not be a special session on abortion. And after Speaker uh, uh, Mike Ilgers sent him a letter saying they only had 30 senators who would support amending the abortion laws to uh, drop the prohibition uh, on abortion to 12 weeks from the current 20. 
They need 33 votes to overcome a filibuster that was promised, so no session. And you had quite a discussion with Joe and, okay. and Caleb on this. But if I'm a if I'm someone who's a, a pro-choice senator, I, I guess I can make I can understand a little bit why you don't want to go and do this special session because it's you know you'd rather have more time to deal with this. You'd rather see. But in terms of politics, are you not? Are, if that's what the the offer is, a twelve week ban instead of a twenty week ban, are you not jumping out of your shoes to take that? I mean, just with where we thought we were at this point. And by the way, that's the vast that still makes the vast majority of these procedures that happen in Nebraska legal. I think after the, the, the vote. numbers way up. It's, yeah. I, I saw it quoted in, in uh, around uh, between 85 and 90 percent that are 12 or earlier. I think the vote in Kansas, uh, what, uh, last week or the week before, uh, has changed the dynamics oh. of this abortion discussion. Boy, I can't imagine if you wouldn't have come to somebody who was a, a you know, a realistic Nebraska politician and said, hey, if I offered you this, 12 weeks, okay, with what it is now, or see what happens, you wouldn't have taken that. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have taken that. I just. I. I am. I. I didn't think you'd ever see this kind of budging. Now, I suppose the concern could be. Well, yeah. Let's say we take it. We do it in the special session. What's to stop people on the other side from coming in in January and saying, "Oh, we want it to be a a full ban at this point." I suppose that's the counter argument, but I don't know if you're if you're leaving something this uh, like this on on the table and not going to budge at all. That could be a bad choice down the road, I think. Just in terms of policy, not in terms of where I'm necessarily at on this issue. Because I think that's not... I don't think that's a huge major... That's not a huge major change well, in policy. Any, any, well, no, but the overturning of Roe v. Wade made it a, a much more uh, inflammatory uh, issue than it probably would have been if uh, yeah, it I know, but a, going from if, yeah, I I'm, if that's what I'm we're not, talking about, twenty to twelve. That after all of this, that's what we're that's what we're talking about. That's a two months difference too. You know, you when we, when we just think you start throwing numbers at a lot of stuff, and you yeah. go, oh, it's twenty this or sixteen. That's two months. I know, you but know, the no, fact, no, no, I'm not saying that oh, yeah. that's not a big deal. I'm saying what people might just look and go, that is a significant length of right. time. Right, but. I think the number, I mean, I think the vast majority of them are happening before 12 weeks, as is right now. I don't think that, I don't think it's the time that's the issue. It's the the limit. Uh, people are just not going to budge the, on, on this type of thing. There's already a limit at 20 weeks. So, I mean, uh, all right. Yeah, but they don't like that either. Yeah. Well, uh, I think they're, weirdly enough, I mean, I didn't, I'm just, I'm surprised to see that there's willing to compromise on. The willing to compromise is on the shoe that I didn't expect it to be. I guess on the on the side that I didn't yeah, expect it. To be. It's that, roles reversed a little bit in terms of leverage here. And and I would imagine they felt that that was the most they could get. But I'm surprised that that was even. I'm surprised that's even an offer. That that's even a discuss. That I'm surprised, frankly. Yeah, the the pro life contingent put that out there as a, an option. 
I mean, I'm surprised they didn't go in and say, fine, you're right, no special session. We get it. We're going to have to wait a few months. When we get that new legislature, we're going for the basically similar to what we had in the trigger law last year. That's the roll of the dice that's been played by both sides yeah. now. It's a lot of gambling. Number three. FBI searched President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate as part of an investigation into whether he took classified records from the White House to his Florida residence. That's according to some people familiar with the matter who spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss the investigation. Uh, Trump says agents opened up a safe and described their work as an unannounced raid. He called it prosecutorial misconduct. Uh, the FBI and Justice Department didn't even confirm the search, but uh, it, all in all, a dramatic, unprecedented escalation of law enforcement scrutiny of the uh, former president. So we, I mean, we really covered this during the sound off. I think there's a a legal component discussion about this, and I think there's a political component discussion about this as well. And I probably don't have time to go real far down into either of them. Here's the questions that I've got right now. Number one, is Team Trump going to appeal directly to directly as it pertains to the decision that made got made about the warrant or the affidavit supporting the warrant or challenge it directly is there going to be some kind of an action right away to do that because they're within the rights to do that i haven't heard much about that number two assuming that they got something what did they get exactly and this is where it goes to to political if it's kind of a if it's privileged information that shouldn't have been there but it's not particularly sexy or damning to donald trump that's probably going to end up helping him politically if it's if there's something in there that's sort of the the smoking gun though then obviously that'll that'll go the other way on this whole thing and so we will see and you know it's the the law is the law on this, right? I mean, the only thing you've got, assuming that those things are there that shouldn't have been, the only thing you got to prove is that there's intent for it to have been well, there. And that's what they, the DOJ said they couldn't prove with Hillary Clinton. They said it was basically recklessness and negligence, but not intent uh, with her emails. Well, they talk about classified information, but the president, um, in, in the role as president, has the ability to declassify anything. Yeah, I don't know that that's a... I mean, I, I don't... I, no, if, it, if it was material that he could... I, I, I guess you're right, but if it was material that n- was supposed to, by law, stay there, he can't, after the fact, say, I took it, so it's okay now. So I don't think that's going to be a, a defense in, in this whole thing, I wouldn't say. Um, but what is it? I mean, I think that's important for the political ramifications. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, you got a potential candidate, a former president. Uh, it, it's, I, it smacks of uh, raiding your political opponent or potential political yes, opponent. I guess, but I mean, also, if you broke the law, you broke. The, I mean, the rule of the law should go to anyone, right? I mean, I think that's kind of what this is founded on. Nobody should be above should be above those things either. And even if. Even if there are politicians. By the way, the director, speaking of the FBI director, you know who it is? It's a Trump appointee. That's right. It's Christopher Wray. Yep. It's a Trump appointee. So I don't know. Yeah, it could be extraneous. It could be something like that. But we just don't know at this point. Everybody's going to read it into into the, the narrative that they've already got on the whole thing. Here's a more kind of a non-political thing. They definitely have somebody inside that place, right? The FBI has absolutely got to have an informant inside that place right now. Oh, sure. I'm. Sh- I mean, they knew. Where they, I mean, from from the things Trump said, from the things others have said, 
you had to have some real knowledge of what what was happening inside there. So, well, they had they've got to have somebody. They in had there. they had been and and done some other searches with and and the Trump uh, staff and everything was was. Uh, working with them on some documents they've been there before i know but i've got to imagine that affidavit they said an informant from inside the place told them what the stuff is and where it is yeah could be to, to get that affidavit because you don't do that I, I i bet the ag had to sign off on this oh absolutely. i mean yeah, i bet the ag this had to be a pretty carefully crafted thing to go and get the judge to say yes number two well, uh, State Senator John McAllister weighing in on, uh, well, not r- directly on the abortion issue, but saying if you're going to regulate uh, the things for women, you should uh, also regulate it for men. And so he's proposing a vasectomy mandate for all Nebraska men in some online posts. He uh, says there'll be cash rewards for people who turn in men who refuse to comply. He says, if you're going to control women's bodies, we may as well go all the way with the authoritarianism. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I get the point, but he's sort of going the opposite way. It's also not an original idea. This has been brought up in a right. numbers of other states. It's been uh, proposed in bills. It's been discussed on legislative floors. This would be a better. This would be a, a better argument. I feel like though, if you were. If the law was for the government to make all women sterile, right? <laughs> Somehow, just to, to sterilize well, them. Well, the, the thing about with vasectomy, they're reversible. Is, is the the sometimes thing. sometimes, but there's you can go through and have it done to where it is reversible. And there have been others that have suggested or put forth legislation that's always been shot down that all males should immediately be have the vasectomy that can be reversible once you've reached a certain time where you can care for someone else or the government decides that you're in a place that you can financially obviously i I get that i know what road that leads down to this is just a wildly like ineffective argument though to people who are pro-life because the the difference is the, the belief is that you've that the the fetus, the baby, preborn child, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. has rights that need to be factored into the equation, and that would not—that's not the situation with what he's—he's he's saying there. Obviously, he's making a rhetorical point. I get it mm-hmm. with with that whole. And thing, he's making but, the point about the mothers, is what he is. And, and he's it, just yes, saying it, yes, if, yes, if that, you're that willing avoid, to, this is how the, it would feel to do to your body, right? And that avoids the discussion about the fetus and, yes. and where life is and where life right. begins, and that's a big pro-life, possibly yes. the biggest pro-life argument. Is specifically about the fetus and the baby. Meanwhile, but meanwhile, though, you got an opportunity here on the table from pro-life people in the in the chamber to do a twelve to joke from twenty to twelve, and we're doing coffee mugs right now with kitschy sayings on them. I don't. I'm a little. Uh, all right, number. We're out of time for number one, aren't we? Yeah, Sorry. we're. I let us go way too. All long. right, bye. Seven fifteen. When you're Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. KLIN. All right. We've talked about some heavy subjects today. Are there you done arguing no, with people on social media? I'm just... Ah, I don't like it when elected officials make broad statements, legal, like legal statements or something referring to a legal, the legal system and appear not to... I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get... This is not what this segment is for, Caleb. You almost took me down that road. We're going to bring us together here with non-controversial, at least non-politically controversial issues. We, I'm sure they'll still be controversial. We put out the question, who are your top five favorite Husker players of your lifetime? However you define it, it could be somebody obscure that you've maybe even, maybe it's because you know them or you met them. Maybe it's just because you loved how they played. Maybe it's because they're from your hometown, whatever that it is. I just wondered how much unanimity there would be uh, 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 among listeners for this. If we took a wide variety. So I haven't looked at any of them yet. Okay. I am going. Can I make up? Can I try and predict? Yeah. I haven't really looked at them other than just throwing them in the prep page. Yes. So I'm going to guess. If I if I had to guess the wide I don't know if we have enough people who saw Johnny Rogers in his prime. I mean, I think a lot of them did, mm-hmm. but Rogers would be up there, but I just don't know because of the demographics. So I'm going to say Tommy Frazier, Eric Crouch, and Domican Sue, um, Mike Rozier, maybe. I think that's Brooke. Prob- Brooke. Brooke, put Brooke on it. That that would be that would be my guess on the consensus five. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how many of those come up. Am I forgetting anyone obvious? Because they, you know, they've got to be a little newer. But it's probably not going to be some from somebody from an era where there wasn't a lot of success. Someone might say Scott. Scott could be. Um, Scott would be in the top ten. You've I probably think. got uh, an, any number of running. Uh, I'm backs. on Green. Yeah, I'm on Green. Um, he'll be in mine. Um. Yeah, uh, '90s defenders. You probably have some Winstrom. Wist, Wistrom. No, don't say Winstrom. Wistrom. No, I'm going to say because he won, and we're missing that. Wistrom, Peter, Wistrom, and, mm. and Jason, and or probably maybe Christian. Yeah, perhaps Trev. Might get some Trev, Trev run. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's. Okay, so let's go into. I'm still sort of concocting mine. I'm, I may have to change it. So let's do what some of the listeners have uh, have said on this. Uh, can you throw a few of those out at me? Um, do you mind? Or do you want me to do it? Nope, I'll, I'll get it here. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jason just said, just Jason Peter. J- J- Jason Peter. Okay. Right, there we go. Um, let me get into, uh, Steve says, Irving Fryer, what's the matter, guys? But that I didn't include Irving? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Irving, Irving, Irving Fryer Turner Gill would be up there, too. Yeah, I probably should have. I said Rogier instead of Fryer, though. I just thought maybe Rogier Rogier would have a little more cachet from mm-hmm. that era than the other two. He won the Heisman. All right, Brad in Fox Hollow says number five, starting five to one, Christian Peter. Okay, Broderick Thomas. Ooh, Broderick Thomas. Dominic yes. Sue. Ooh, Amon yeah. Green. Ooh, Turner Gill. Turner Gill, number one. 
Okay. Okay, he didn't have any of mine. Oh, yeah, the, the Dominican Sue is the only one. Chris and Olathe, 5-1. to one. Grant Wistrom. Yeah. I am hip. Ooh, he's going back a little bit there. Dave Remington. That's a good one. Tommy Frazier. Okay. Turner Gill. Okay. Ooh, I, I just forgot one that I'm changing. I'm, I'm I'm literally adjusting mine as we speak right now. Um, Scott Not Molly has on here Rex Burkhead. Oh, Rex Burkhead, yes! Indomitian Sue. Of course. Will Shields. The- Matt Davidson. Cam Jurgens. Ooh, a last a player from last year. You want to know how I know that list did not come from Ben? Yes, I was wondering about <laughs> ben, ben. I haven't heard from Ben for a while. Uh, Brinkley has Eric Crouch. Okay. Roger Craig. Roger Craig. Nice one, Brinkley. Mike Rogier. Johnny Rogers. Trev Alberts. Okay. Number one, Debbie. Five to one. Mike Rogier. Yep. Irving Fryer. Okay. Turner Gill. Okay. Oh, she went right off the top from the same team. Tommy Frazier. Yeah. Johnny Rogers. Okay. Okay. Craig has Gill, Sue, Levante David, Terry Ooh, Luck. Levante David. Wait, wait. What was the last one? Terry Luck. Okay. And then says Jack Pierce, former Husker coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Lewis says five to one is Sue. Rich Glover. Rich Glover. Good one. Crouch, Rozier, Rogers. Um, Sheila in Lincoln says five Sue, four Eric Crouch, three Amir Abdullah. I think she meant Amir Abdullah. She wrote Amber Abdullah. Yeah, Amir Abdullah. Um, that's the first Amir mentioned. Two Brooke, one Tommy. Okay. And then Dial Up Dave had a song request, so don't read <laughs> that, fine. you idiot. Okay. <laughs> okay, just reading those, I've been making some changes to mine that I don't... Uh, Oh man, I gotta make some. Okay, nope, gotta go. I gotta, I gotta do mine. Yeah. All right. I'll do. I'll just do mine all together here. This time is that okay? Should we do it That's that fine. way today? That's fine. Do you uh, have an honorable mention? Someone who just missed your list? Uh, yeah, just, just I do. One. I'm, who would be I'm your top glad honorable mention? You asked that. Okay. My, because my overall number one is so is nobody else is going to have on their list. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm going to make him an honorable mention just because he's not. But, but it's your favorite. It doesn't okay. matter if it's right, on fine. other people's fine. lists. Then uh, I'm going to bump him to number one. So that means Sue gets bumped off to honorable mention. Okay. Sue is number six for yeah. me. Sue is number six for me. But he, I thought he would be on there when I started this. Well, thing. and the reason I think that's fine is because if you go your generation and older, which is that's the demographic for the show. Yes, there are some millennials um, here that listen, and we love yep. you guys. I especially do because we continue to win generation collaboration. Okay. But for a lot of folks like you, you saw such talent and such great Husker teams yeah. before you even got to Indomitian Sioux. So for you guys, there's such there's more of a connection even than before you got to the Bo Pelini, Bo, yeah. Bo Pelini era. So my five would be uh, Amon Green. Uh-huh. Amon Green, Nebraska kid, won the recruiting battle. He was I mean, pull up his highlights, kids. Pull up his highlights at Nebraska. And <laughs> yeah, I mean you can say the you absolutely say about the same about Rosier and Lawrence Phillips in terms of pulling up their highlights. But Green and then uh, you know, A Nebraska kid, um, B was really successful, then successfully in the NFL as well. Um so he's my number five. Grant Wistrom is my number four. I'm sorry, Jason Peters probably mad at me because I actually know Jason better than I know Grant. But 
there was Grant. Um, we just we I just rewatched the 1995 Kansas State game when Grant Wistrom was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He was unblockable. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. Um, and so I put Grant Wistrom, but Wistrom and Peter are probably kind of a, a co there. Um, and I was a big Christian Peter fan when he was there too. I mean, and then there's a, see, I got Tommy Frazier is the only quarterback I've got on the list, but. I mean, look, ninety four, ninety five uh, national championships. Mm-hmm. It's Tommy. Yeah, it gave me the most happiness that I, I've ever had in sports history. So I got to go, Tommy. There, um, my number two is is Will Shields. Actually, now this one I got a little personal bias because he got married in my backyard. <laughs> See, I thought that was going to be number one for you. At, I mean, it probably it probably could. There's kind of a one and one a, but my number one is so obscure. No one else is going to have this, but. When I was a uh, a freshman in high school, I played tight end, and there, oh, I know where you're going. As a freshman in high school, I played <laughs> tight end, and so um, I wanted to be a tight end because, for some reason, I fell in love with player war number eighty six. His name was Johnny Mitchell, and uh, and, <laughs> and lo and behold, eventually, lo, 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 and lo, yeah, lo, and because he was also like me, he was the son of a pastor. He was a he was a preacher's mm-hmm. kid. He was from the Chicago area. He was re- he's the most underrated Husker football player I think of all time. Went on to the NFL. I always wore the number every high school football season before I quit playing tight end. I tried to wear the same number he was wearing that year. I got a chance to meet him at the Team Jack event a few years ago, uh-huh. and he was there, and it was. Like it was, I don't, he was taking classes at the university. I know Cole had him on Husker Hour mm-hmm. once a long time ago. Yep. I couldn't believe it. And we share the same last name. <laughs> and my son shares his first name. So, did you name your son after Johnny? Um, Johnny Mitchell. I, 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 I guess there, so. There's a lot of weird backstory. In there's, all of there's so much <laughs> happening. There's, as if there wasn't enough confusion with the name situation. <laughs> For me and my family. Oh my goodness. So nonetheless, those are those are mine. So uh Green, Wistrom, Fraser Shields, Johnny Mitchell. All right. Just missing my top five is the now remember that my viewing history, there are such vague memories of there's like nothing in the nineties. I just remember the fact that Nebraska, like I know that they obviously went to the BCS national title, but I don't really have much memory of other than just going, Oh, it's the Rose Bowl. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I'm everything post-Eric Crouch. Mm-hmm. Um, very first player that I was, I am this guy on the on the playground, Jamal Lord. Just misses my top five. Nice. nice. Jamal Lord right there. Um, because I knew I was going to, I had a heck of an arm and could throw it all over the place, yep. and I was going to run if I needed to. Yep. All I was right. always, I'm, I'm Lord. Um, my number five, Kenny Bell. Oh, that's my. If my son did this, that'd be his number one. I think mm-hmm. he had he had a whole generation. He and Rex have a whole generation. Those two do. Just there are a few years of where just think where I'm in high school and I'm in college. Yep. yep. And you, that's kind of where this list goes. I asked my question. I sent this question a couple of months ago, and that's what he said. Kenny Bell, number four, Taylor Martinez. Ooh, just absolute magic for me being in college. And seeing everything yeah. that happens across social yep. media, what he can do, and obviously he had that run in the Big Ten title yep. game. Yep. That's the only thing we're going to say about yeah, that's that. That's the first Taylor mention on this whole thing, isn't it? I think he be- That was the first Kenny Bell mention on this whole right. thing. Right. I think he'd be. Well, part of that, I think, is generational. Yeah, but there was Rex and an Amir mention. Well, my number three, Amir, my number two, Rex. <laughs> okay. 
um, you start to go through there. And my number one, Indomitian Sue. Yeah. Because I, I was at his last home game um, at Memorial Stadium. Just how loud that place could get. And he just had to be in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. And the whole play, like there were a number of times that on one because the defense was just insane and i know people probably had this with like the michigan game last year and you have some of that where if you are in that stadium and the defense is playing well and it's a third and long mm-hmm. and you know something's coming and you yeah. knew and Dominican sue was going to get into the backfield and because of him being there jared crick was playing well and all yes. those guys around him just every now and then on a third down just take 10 seconds and don't yell. Just every now and then and just listen and you can feel it vibrate into your bones. And if Indomitian uh, Sue got a deflection, got into the backfield at all, whole place just yep. Sue. Yep, yep. Oh. Yeah. Uh honorable mention for me too that that I would put like Dewan Gross is a punt return. I got really excited by Dewan Gross. That's a mm-hmm. that's a random one. Um but there are other. I would have Neil Smith, Broderick Thomas would be. Those two would both be up there for me as well that we didn't have. But you're Sue. If it was most exciting defensive player ever, I'd have Sue mm-hmm. above based on exactly what you said, and and probably Wistrom number two. Yeah, but and that yeah. was the transition Tra- for me. Trev from, would be Trev would be up there for me too. Yeah, for going high high school to college, that was in Dominican Sue. Yeah, and I was down in St. Louis and going, please, please, Rams, take Sue. Do you know who didn't make anyone's list? It's a guy we're having coffee with next so, week. So someone mentioned that. <laughs> That's been mentioned. Here are some others, because we got a couple minutes here before we need to take this break. So um, Jason says five five to one is Tom Banderas. Ooh, Tom Banderas. Um, nice one. Dana Brinson. Dana Brinson. Ooh, that Dana Brinson, Brinson yeah. was on mine, too. Great kick returner. Yes. Aaron Taylor. Oh, okay. Cleet Blakeman. <laughs> Jason Peter. Uh, Cleet Blakeman was his number two. Cleet barely. Cleet's way more famous for being an NFL official. Uh, ben says Harrison Beck, Lawrence Phillips, Richie Incognito, okay. Mo Washington, Thunder Collins. Okay. Big John from Elmwood. You said we hadn't heard from Ben in a while. That's so, true. Um, you've got Big John from Elmwood says uh, on five to one, honorable mention Jarvis Redwine. Yes. Um, Grant Winstrom, Eric Crouch, I am hip, Micro Rex Burkhead. Ooh, okay. Very running back heavy there. Sean says Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker. He was a hearing impaired defensive lineman and he was a terror. And 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 before the nineteen ninety Colorado game, the, it was a senior day. The entire stadium did the I, applause. I've, I've seen the video thing, on that. that and is he awesome. didn't know it was coming and it was so cool. Um and then Tommy, Trev, Sue, Amon Green. Um, Bob Downey says Ooh. Lee Zentic and Harry. Lee Zentic, he was my football coach. Harry Tolley. <laughs> uh, says, back. I know them. They were the Husker team that ended Oklahoma's long win streak in the Lee 50s. Zentic. Yeah, he was a football coach at uh, East when I was there. That for, Paul wants to know where Tom, Ra- Tom Rathman oh. is. See, I knew Rathman more in the pros than in college, and the same with Roger Craig, but I loved them in the pros. <laughs> uh, Chris Olathe is the one who says, nobody mentioned Sty. I know, <laughs> Hope right? he's not offended. I He'll know. still come on the table. I didn't mention Corey Ross either. I'm surprised nobody mentioned Corey Ross. Poor shop, former <laughs> Friday Husker tailgate host. Um, Ed has, starting 5-1, to one, Terrell Farley. Oh, good one. Yes. And then Trev, Sue, Rogier, Tommy. 
I like Terrell Farley. He would be in my... This is hard. I might need to do a top 20 after the show. <laughs> because I'm rethinking some Top of my... 100 Huskers of your viewing It's weird lifetime. because there's a combination of the really good ones, but then like the uh, sort of obscure ones that I... I really like, like you know. I got excited because Rob Zadiska and John Zadiska went to my high school, and so they they were on there too. Matt Jarzinka got into a game and got a sack. Yes, towards the end, I jumped off of the couch when it happened because, and then the play by play they butchered the heck out of his name Jarzitska, um, right. and I was like, that's actually very close for being Polish, but. Immediately, okay, we got to run this back. You got to rewind. We got to get video. You got to share it with everyone. Like, there are those ones that you have a yes. personal connection with. Yeah. And the excitement just happens in the same way that big plays with the more famous players happen. All right, keep sending those in. I'll be curious. We might, uh, maybe I'll Jerry Taggy. These. Taggy hasn't been mentioned yet. Going back to the oh, 70s. Someone said honorable mention Alex Henry. Yeah. Probably I forever not. had to put take him in my fantasy. No football. Darren Erstad love, I didn't hear. Didn't hear any Darren Erstad love. Sad. Sorry, Damon Benning. No Damon Benning love. Yikes. Ugh. Well, he's busy right now. He won't know. <laughs> it's 827 on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waking babies in the North Bottoms. And then, helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. Yes, it is Nebraska Volleyball. Practice getting started. Fan day is imminent. And matches are coming up very soon. And Mr. John Baylor is here to talk to about uh, talk to us about that and many other things right now. JB, good morning. Welcome in to LNK Today with Jack and Friends, a.k.a. Jack Attack. Good morning. I'm fired up. Day one, everyone's undefeated. Everyone's got a 4.0. Everyone's uh, potentially a starting quarterback, starting setter. I mean, it's a great time of year. Fresh start. Yeah, absolutely. Hold on, I'm going to oh, Caleb, do we have any more text? We asked the JB, we asked the the uh listeners today for our top 5 Tuesday. Just kind of uh thinking of Q rating, we were talking about football. Uh Q rating of f- football players, Husker football players, what their their top 5 all-time favorite Husker football players were, and of course that's generational. Do we get any new ones, Caleb? That so we since since we took the break, we had uh, Solich, Orduna, Frazier, Dutton, Sue. Jeez. That came in from Mark K. Orduna. My goodness. Nice, Mark yeah. K. Yeah. 
That'll take you back. Diane says Rich Glover, Willie Harper, Corey Schlesinger, Frank Solich. Another Solich appearance on there. I think Diane is over the age of 20. <laughs> it's probably a fair... Yeah, the Willie Harper and Solich inclusion probably gave it away. And then uh, Beam Me Up Scotty had Jeff Kinney, Jerry Taggy, Roger Craig, Sue, and Tommy. Okay. Mixed eras there. Uh, JB, is there anybody that you would care that needs to be thrown in in your all-time favorites uh, during your lifetime of watching Husker football? I was a Turner fan. Turner. Yeah, but, we had a few Turners. Uh, um, uh, I like to go back to the flopping shoulder pads of Jeff Kenny, slicing through the Sooner defense. I was just a little kid, just sitting on the floor, chin on my knee, staring, gawking, getting fired up. <laughs> That's good. You know, the the guy Chamberlains of the world, that sort of thing. Yep. Way, I mean, we go way back. We could go way back with the George Flippins of the world. You got those yeah, as well. I, you're talking coaches. I was a big major Biff Jones guy. Yeah, <laughs> you hear it all the time. <laughs> I thought he got mistreated. You hear, you hear it all the time. <laughs> Kill. Definitely misunderstood. Caleb, what do you think? Just uh, I know you didn't tabulate him, but what do you, was who was number one on the uh, the whole thing? Do you think Sue, Tommy, yeah, Tommy and one. Sue? I think Tommy was Tommy and Sue were probably yeah. the top two that were mentioned most often mm-hmm. in this whole thing. Which was I was uh, kind of a big Mike Brown admirer. Yeah, he had a lot of fans. Like the way he played. Yeah, see those you, those those sort of deeper cut ones. Those are very. We good started games. to really fade off though after the the title teams. Well, we I don't think we had any Scott Frost. Um, we only had a couple Eric Crouch, and then you had to really be my generation or in Dominican Sue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of Rex. Yeah, the little Rex, little Rex in there as well. Uh, all right. So, uh, JB, let's. Uh, I, I wasn't here. I know you. You and Caleb talked about this a little bit. Uh, we now know Kayla Caffey is going to Texas. She is going to continue to play another year here with this thing. And uh, listen, I know there's it's uh, there's sort of a there's tenuous stuff all around this thing. But can you at least help under help me understand just all of the the rules and situations and dates that were in play here with this whole thing? Because it's a complicated thing to even just try and read about or hear about when you're trying to follow this whole thing. I agree. Apparently, if she had played in the red-white game, it would have cost Nebraska a scholarship, not just this fall, but next fall. And that was particularly non-negotiable because we have so many great players coming in in 2023. Uh, And then if she had played this year, the same. So that's why she didn't play, uh, I think I said red-white game. I meant to say the uh, the KU game, the exhibition game in the spring. If she had played, that would have counted for a scholarship this fall and next fall, and if she had played this year. So some, you know, somehow uh, her status, uh, for, for very unique reasons, uh, would have been uh, fairly costly for scholarships, not just a single season, but a second season. That was part of it. Um, how the Huskers exactly got into that predicament, I'm I'm not entirely sure. But um, that you know, when you think about that, that as great a player as she is, that she would have uh, not been playing for the Huskers in, in 2023 and would have uh, reduced Nebraska's scholarship count by one down to 11. That that played a part in the decision. Okay. Um, so what does that mean now? Uh, in terms of who's gonna gonna be filling in that spot that she would have taken this year on the court. 
I'm just grateful for the Huskers who have not transferred to Texas. And two of them yeah. are Becca, Alec, and also uh, Maggie Mendelson. It just, I mean, you know, once you leave the program, I guess your loyalty ends. But to choose Texas is just uh, particularly painful for Nebraska fans, especially since Kayla Caffey played such a huge role in the in the victory against Texas. She had the second to last kill and instead four. I mean, that was one of the arguably the greatest win in Nebraska volleyball history. I mean, it's in the conversation. And she was there, and then Kayla had seven aces, and now they're wearing that jersey. So it's, it's a tough Tough one to take if you're, yeah. if you're Husker. But um, hopefully Texas is finally out of scholarships. I don't know where they're getting all their... <laughs> it's like, apparently, if you play the sport of volleyball and you want to play for Texas, just call them up anytime. Maybe mid-October. They probably got a couple scholarships ready to go. Uh, but Becca Alec and, and Maggie Mendelson are, are fabulous phenoms are coming in, and Becca's got the advantage. She was here this spring with two other two freshmen and so uh, she was fabulous for the under-19 team. Uh, Maggie was as well. So a uh, lot of promising talent. And I think it's safe to say that come October or November, it's likely they're going to be tournament ready. I don't think they're going to be ready to go. There'll be some growing pains in late August and much of September. But, I mean, this coaching staff and prior coaching staffs have just been phenomenal at developing teams and young players over the course of the season. Okay, so that's one of the things that you look at with practice starting is who kind of emerges, and, and who knows, it could be back and forth during the course of the year. What, what about other position playing time battles that are uh, kind of have to unfold over the course of the next few weeks while we've got a couple weeks of practice before the season starts? Well, this is kind of newsworthy. Uh, it, it looks like um, um, uh, Nebraska has decided uh, who their left sides are going to be. Maddie Kubik will be one, of course, but um, also uh, you have Lindsey Krause that historically has been on the right. But I, th- I think the plan is at least to start the season, everything can change, but that uh, Lindsey Krause is going to be tried on the left side. And that's exciting because just she is uh, just mature beyond her years. There's so much international experience and she's just, that's her natural position. It'll be just fun to see her develop. Now, whether she plays all the way around remains to be seen. Remember, we got Kenzie Knuckles still who can yeah. sub in for back row, but Maddie will continue to play all the way around. And that means Whitney Lonstein and Allie Batenhorst primarily on the right. Now, both of those can, players can play on the left. Hufford just have a ton of depth, but my guess is day one, but you know, yeah, two weeks before the red, white, and three weeks before the first match, it's uh, possibly Lonstein on the right. And then, uh, Caitlin Horde and Becca Alec in the middle, Maddie Kubik, Lindsey Krause on the left, Lexi Rodriguez is your libero, of course, and starting set, really the, the great unknown at this point. I thought, which is interesting because, you know, coming at the end of last year, we heard, um, uh, we heard Nicklin was going to be changing positions because you were going to get it open for Kennedy Orr. I talked to Nicklin on my podcast a couple of months ago, and she still seemed kind of seemed like she didn't know exactly how this whole thing was going to play out. I thought this decision was made months ago. Why is it still the greatest unknown coming into practice? Because of Kennedy Orr's help. That's we it. haven't performed. She's uh, still recovering from that ACL of two Novembers ago. Yeah. So uh, that you know, it's just it's it's unclear until she gets into the battle exactly if she's the Kennedy Orr of old. They're just phenomenal high school player, just so smooth at everything she does. She's pretty large. She can she can block. She's no liability at the net. She's five eleven. I mean, Nicklin maybe five ten. I'm sorry. So uh, 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 Kennedy's six one. Excuse me. Six one. 
Yes, yeah. she got three inches on Nicklin, probably. Yeah, easy. Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot to be excited about, but she's untested at this level. Interesting. But if it's not, I mean, if Kennedy, for whatever reason, is not ready to go, health, anything like that, does it, I mean, does Nicklin just go back into that role then? She has plenty of experience. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> a four-year starter, and she started playing varsity volleyball for her mom in eighth grade. And right. I think she's four state titles, so she knows the position well, if, if, if needed. But this is a lengthy journey. The great thing is we get to sort of watch it uh, and, and, and see it unfold and evolve. But, look, it's been clear. I mean, last year, Lexi's son didn't get to play after the Wisconsin match. I mean, every day, players have to earn it. Yeah. That's uh, it's very true. Texas A&M Corpus Christi, what oh. two two weeks from Friday, and then Tulsa that uh, that same night. I'm sure we'll get further into these matches as as we get going here. But you kind of characterize this, I think, when when we talked about it after the schedule came out, that this is a a schedule through August, the end of August, and then through September, um, really the first three weeks of September, that sort of progressively gets harder, which sometimes you don't see with Nebraska volleyball schedules, right? Sometimes right off the bang, you've got an Oregon and a Florida or or some permutation of those. This is a little bit different than we've seen in previous years. Yeah, you can, don't overlook Corpus Christi. I'd listen, I, mean, I would not. It's a nice area. I was down there recently. Yeah. It's a lesson for body of Christ. So. Yeah. They, they've got a hyphen, but uh, they win like 20-plus games a year. So they're legit. And then Pepperdine will show up, and we've traveled to Creighton, Long Beach, Stanford, at Kentucky. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a pretty rugged road, some, some marquee matchups in the, in the non-conference. And then you got Ohio State, Purdue, and Wisconsin twice, Minnesota and Penn State, and Illinois just once. So the, the Big Ten schedule could have been more rigorous. It's still plenty tough. But uh, the, the non-conference has got a lot of rugged matchups. Mississippi's coming, so uh, plenty of opportunities to fine tune. Now I've got now now to get back where we started. If yeah. somehow it seems like Nebraska and Texas always end up oh. matching up in the NCAA tournament, uh, whether it be at the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, Final Four level. But man, JB, if it happens this year, if it happens this year. Between between just throw away the personnel right for now, just yep. the history of this matchup the last couple yep. of years, and then add in the fact that you've got now Lexi's son is gone, but now on the other side, you've you've got uh, two key key yep. contributors last year, plus Jordan Larson sitting over there on the bench. Yeah, so at this rate, you know we've got to get six uh, Texas transfers next year, and then they'll take nine Husker transfers the following year. So. It's going back and forth, but uh, Texas likes to say this rivalry means less to them than to Husker fans. Yeah, right. Uh, in December, that Gregory Gym was a circus. Those fans are going crazy, and the coaches for Texas were going wild. Uh, this rivalry runs really deep in in this sport, and and uh, I guess there's uh, a you know fair amount of respect. Well, let's just say after. The players changing jerseys both directions now, it has added plenty. And the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee loves to put together matchups that kind of add a little spice. And to their credit, I mean, this team, this sport rather, needs media coverage. So it adds a little bit of spice. And, boy, if if Texas and Nebraska end up in the same regional, and you just hope it's not in Austin. Yeah, get it into Vanny. Get that match into Vanny. 
all bets are off. I mean, I, I think you got to have the National Guard on the alert. I mean, it's just <laughs> wild. <laughs> that game, I mean, uh, come on. This is why the regular season is going to be important this year, though. I mean, it, it, it always sure. is. But well, one match can change that. You you, you want to be hosting this year in those you regionals. you got to be in the top four. got to be in the top four. Huskers will be in the top four at the beginning of the season, but they got to be top four at the end. And if, who cares about the rankings? Certainly the the selection committee does, and they care about uh, uh, RPI. So because then you it. never leave the state, right? You never have to leave the state for a match if you're in the Excellent top four. Point. Yeah. Hey, that, that time of year, you never want to cross the Missouri. Yep. You, you only have just back and forth over the plat. That's all you need you to know. do the you entire know. season. I love the plat. Very and good. The elf, and the loop. Very good. What do we got? Any new plan? Are we we're gonna any new plans for the broadcast this year? Got any new segments? Got any new phrases that we're working in? What should fans get fired up for here? Two and a half weeks from right now. We're gonna use fewer syllables. Great. Uh, we're um, uh, gonna try to more uh, accurately describe, in fact, what's transpiring on the floor. That'd be nice. Uh, That'd be good. I, I I think I think we're gonna. I'm gonna be spinning plates while I'm calling the game, but. Beyond the, the new additions, uh, you know, Lauren's back. Very excited, Good. and Good. Uh, uh, the you know I'm there to add to the average age of the broadcast. And um, uh, you know we're, the Husker Sports Network is is uh, still with the athletic department for a second consecutive year. But I think to the listener, you won't uh, hear a lot of differences, and I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. But hopefully, it'll be. Bigger, better, stronger. Yep. No, we're uh, we're excited to have it here at our group of stations. Uh, we'll have it on B one zero seven three, and and hey. uh, maybe some uh, Caleb, maybe some games over here too. We are scheduled to have, I believe, more than a dozen volleyball okay. matches on KLIN during the regular season. Okay. As long as as long as the other uh, football football schedule will allow for it, we'll do it. Talk to the, the boss, Amy. I say simulcast on all four. <laughs> Even when at Rutgers, just you know, shut down all the t- the news talk. Let's go, Big Red. You're listening to Husker volleyball on the bone. <laughs> That'd be all right. That'd be all right. Well, listen, if the season goes like some are thinking it might, we may be uh, forced to do that by the end of it because so many people are going to want to hear JB. Those stations have lots of interesting names: the Fox, the Bone, the Skull. <laughs> it's, it's getting getting pretty morbid out there. Uh, yeah, the focus groups like the darkness, I think. All right, <laughs> all right JB, I'll uh, let you go. We'll chat next week. Have a good one, and uh, looking forward to hearing you on the air soon. I'm going to go tune on the toe. <laughs> The toe. Lincoln's hit music. The toe. All right, it's 853. We'll wrap up the show for this on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we... uh... We didn't uh, didn't totally get to our announcement. We're going to have the full announcement. Let's do the full announcement tomorrow. On okay. The show. Can we agree to that? Yeah. We got an. I'll just tell you this. We got an event connected to Husker football coming up uh, that we think is going to be a pretty big deal. But I don't want to throw it out there without actually giving some level of uh, some some level of detail to you. But it's going to be an exciting one, and uh, we'll uh, we'll put it out there a little bit. But we'll give you all the details right. tomorrow. It's what chapter had Wednesday tomorrow. John Bishop is going to join us. In fact, that might be a great time to potentially talk about that event yeah. that we've got coming up. 
um, in in a couple of weeks. So yeah, we are we are set to go. Don't forget request line Friday this week. It is earworms. Those songs that for some reason you just can't get out of your head. So if you got a song in your head right now, jot it down and text it in to the Restart Recognition text line at 402-479-1400 or give us an email to or a message at klin.com slash request line Friday. The other thing I want to mention is Thursday, we have a great, in my opinion, a great uh, pair of tickets available yes. for you. Jim Gaffigan is coming to Pinewood Bowl. This is another one of those, about once every three or four weeks, we'll have a ticket Thursday availability, like I really want the tickets for myself. And it's August 29th is that show. I would love to go to that show. Uh, love My son and I just listen to Jim Gaffigan and just absolutely crack up. So that's going to be a good one. So you're going to have to bring your A-game with whatever contest that we present for you for Ticket Thursday. So we got a lot of all those things coming up. Stick around. Hey, have a great day, everybody. We will see you tomorrow for What Chapter Had Wednesday. It is 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln.